Welcome back, everyone. Hope you've had a good little break, getting yourselves organised to get into the to the word. Don't want to be too long this morning. It's a, a busy time of year, and we've probably still got Christmas shopping to do and all sorts of things. But I just want to share some encouraging things with you this morning. And of course, Christmas is in five days' time, which is going to be amazing. Hope you're looking forward to it. To being with your family or being with your friends or finding someone to be able to share this special time with. And of course, don't forget to tune in to our Christmas service, which is going to be amazing, our first online Christmas service. So that's going to be really special. The guys have worked really hard to bring you something absolutely stunning. We'll be singing Christmas carols together. Only will go for just over an hour, so make sure you tune in at some point on Christmas morning. And uh, you know, if you're not, it's not quite on the dot, you can always go back and watch it later when it when it suits so but just get some of that uh, carol singing in with with our church family and I'm sure it'll really start your day off really beautifully all right well let's get into what we want to share about this morning and it's, it's awesome actually something I saw a while ago back in November I saw um on the Today Show I saw this beautiful old man 105 year old minister being interviewed and his name's Bill Morgan and he'd been a or he has been that's how they said it that he has been a minister for 76 years so obviously still considers himself to be a minister very self-sufficient and uh, he has a lot of friends who actually still look up to him and when the reporter asked him uh, Bill what is the secret of a long life these were his answers and, and I was so taken just by the manner in which he said and said it and what he actually said that I I wrote it down I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna share about this because it's good for you and I just how to learn from people who've gone before us and are still living their lives well and and richly in in, in the in the greatest sense of the word we can learn so much from these people so I think this is a fitting way to come towards the end of the year and uh, to, to just recognize some of these these principles this is what he said number one have a goal number two have a master in control of your life and number three this is what he said and get on with living and then he finished it off by saying there is so much that you can do to make this world a better place to help others to experience life and in doing that, the years just simply fly past. Wow, this guy's 105 and still living strong, still very sprightly, walking around and very fit and very healthy. And um, I just love that they were what he considered the top three keys uh, of wisdom for living his life well. He'd lived for 76 years in the service of others as a minister to the point that, you know, like I mentioned before, he's looked up to by his family, obviously his children, his grandchildren, and also all the friends that he's doing life with even still. And even though he's been a minister his whole life, he that's what he spent his life doing. That's what he found great joy. Like even though he, that was his job that he had done, even now at 105, he still called himself a minister. Why? Because that became his identity in the truest sense of the word. So regardless of his age, he still saw himself as someone who could give out and serve other people. And I absolutely love that. So let's just look at the three keys of wisdom that he gave that reporter on the Today Show a few weeks ago. Number one, have a goal. 
Well, instantly I start to frame everything from the principles of the Word of God. And there's an incredible uh, few verses in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 20 and 21. I want to read out to you because when I heard that point have a goal, this was a scripture that sprung to mind straight away. Now in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but also wood and clay, some for honorable use, some for dishonorable. Therefore, so basically Paul is writing to Timothy and giving him a principle that's involved here. But then he's saying, therefore, now he's about to say, because of that, in order to do the right thing, this is what you need to do. So he says, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from what is dishonorable, he will be a vessel for honorable use set apart as holy, useful to the master of the house, ready for every good work. So that was the the scripture that actually sprang to my mind when I thought of have a goal. What sort of goal has this man lived with? He's lived with a goal of being honorable. And I think this is something that you and I can really learn from, that we can live with that, that purpose, with that goal, with that target of always being honorable in our life, of being an honorable vessel, of being someone that can be presented towards God and live choosing to be useful to God. And that's what that scripture is actually saying, useful to God and then becoming useful to others. Because the minute we present ourselves as as Uh, purposeful human being saying you know what I want to live with purpose I want to live as a useful vessel I don't want to be considered a dishonorable vessel I want to position myself to be an honorable vessel in the household of God then I I, you know I, I want to be ready I want to be ready to do whatever God has for me and ready for the good works because it says useful to the master of the house ready for every good work Okay, so in other words, what what an amazing principle for this man at 105 to realize he's still got a job to do. There is still a good work for him to do. You know, I've seen people as they get older, people, elderly people in their 70s and into their 80s and sometimes into their 90s, when they lose sight of and lose track of the fact that they actually can live for the purpose of doing something on behalf of others and on behalf of God, they lose sight of of what it is to really have a goal in life. If our goal is just to become wealthy, if our goal is just to become someone who has a great famous name, but we, we don't actually live with the purpose of living for God and hence for others, then really our, our life is kind of empty. What do we really leave behind? We don't have good works to leave behind. So there's another scripture that springs to mind when I think about good works that, this, that Timothy is talking about, that Paul is talking about to Timothy here. And that, of course, is in Ephesians 2.10. And you will have heard Brahm and I mention this scripture quite a few times. And this is what it says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Okay, there's the goal. There's the purpose. It's not just having a goal for the sake of having a goal, like I want to become famous. No, have a God-ordained goal. And this is a God-ordained goal because when we become useful to the master of the house, he puts us to good use, to perfect use, according to who we are. So set up, created in Christ Jesus for good works, and listen to this, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
That's incredible. So not only uh, are there good works, but they've been prepared beforehand. They are tailor-made to your personality. They are tailor-made to the conditions of your life, to the circumstances of your life. God God already knows you, and uh, you've been created. You're his workmanship. You've been created specifically to live life this way. And so that's why the part that we, he does his part, but the part that we have to do is to present ourselves and therefore cleanse ourselves from whatever is dishonorable. Get rid of, ba- get rid of bad character. Uh, diminish that. Uh, disciple ourselves, like I mentioned a while back in one of, one of my sermons. Disciple ourselves and take ownership for the gifting and the call of God upon our lives. You know, don't grow weary in well-doing, like I, I mentioned a couple of weeks back. But instead, be ready. Be ready to be his, uh, his, his, his uh, creation for good works. He's created you and I for good works. We are his workmanship, specifically made. I, I love the imagery that that brings, that those words bring. All right, so have a goal, but have a God goal. Have a, as the big picture, have number one in your mind, okay, I want to present myself as a vessel of honor for God. And um, I want to be a vessel that is that is wonderfully used by God. All right. Second one. What was the second one that he said? He said, "Have a master in control of your life." So I suppose it sort of poses the question: What does it look like to have a master? Well, the first thing that I think about it means to come under his and live under his authority. It means to live by his rules. When you have a master, you live by a master's rules. You don't live by your own rules. You don't get to set up your own little kingdom. No, you come under the authority and the rulership of, of, of that master. And in this case, it's, it's, it's our Father in heaven. And we come under the lordship of Jesus. It means to be obedient to him. To be obedient to what? To his words. What are his words? They're living and breathing. The Word of God is is living and it's active. It's in the Word of God, the Bible. When we read that, when we read the words of God, it's a love letter to you and I. Let's be obedient to those words. Let's devour that Word constantly. Read it. Listen to it. Let the Word sink into us. When we're in the car, let it let it sink in. When we're walking around the house, getting ready to go to work, or do, have it going as an as an audio session and start and just let the word of God come in when you're sitting quietly open it up on your phone or if you've got the the actual hard copy of the Bible open it up and read it let the words go in let them sink in and let's be obedient let's not just be readers and and people who know the word but let's actually do the word let's be doers of the word of God that's what it means to be obedient to him and to live by his rules and to live under his authority we don't get to make up our own rules when he's our master we, we, are, we are under his authority. We are under his lordship. And to me, that's the safest place to be. For me, that is such a place of security. It's incredible. And it's a place where we surrender our own rights in order to live by his commands. And this is strong language, but that's what, what it is. That he commands us. He, that's what a master does. He's in charge of us. He's a loving master. He's a loving father. But he's in control. And uh, he wants to bless our lives when we do this. And why, why do we need to come under that authority? You know why? Because he knew you before you were even born. 
before you were even born. Remember we just read, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. So before you were even born, he knew you. In fact, he knows you from your beginning, right from the very start of your life, right through to the end of your life. There's a powerful passage of scripture that many of you would probably know. Some of you maybe not, but let me read it to you now. And it's out of Jeremiah chapter 1. And of course, this is about the prophet Jeremiah. And it says here from verse 4 to verse 8, it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I am only a youth, for to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, there's that word again, you shall speak. See, commands are good. When they position us to live fruitful, powerful lives, to bless other people. Guys, this is the safest place to be, is being someone who literally follows the commandments of God, the commands of God that we read about in the New Testament, through the words of Jesus, through the Gospels. We read the desire of God in the New Testament. For us now, as a New Testament church, as New Testament believers, we can read his words. We can read the letters that Paul and the different apostles wrote to us. And we can read how to function as the people of God. We can live by those commandments because we are enabled by the power of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. He lives in us by His Spirit. So then he says, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. So once again, there's a commandment, do not be afraid. But why? Because I'm there with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. But it's also that he can be a prophet, so that he can walk in the great uh, works, the, the good works that God prepared beforehand. That's exactly the same for you and I. There's a sense of destiny on every single one of our lives because of that very scripture. I read in Ephesians 2 verse 10. That's the kind of goal you want. You want a goal that says, I'm going to give myself to the purpose of God. I'm going to live my life knowing that he's in charge of my life. I'm going to live my life knowing that he is the master who is in control of my life. And I'm going to live to the fullest that I can live. It's amazing when you live with purpose, knowing that you, you presented yourself as a vessel of honor in the house of God, and then you, then you live knowing that there's a master in control of your life that we, you and I don't have to fear. Every step we take, he's got our steps ordered. They're ordered before him. It's, it's a journey prepared beforehand that we would walk in them. Come on, guys, this is awesome news. This is good news. And this is how this beautiful 105-year-old minister has lived, serving the people of God for 76 years and still counting. Absolutely incredible. Bright, healthy, happy man. It it was amazing to, to watch him. You know... In Revelations 21, 67, it says this, And he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. So in other words, Jesus knows everything. 
Our Lord knows everything. That's why we need him to be master of our lives. That's why we want him to be in control of our lives. Because he knows the beginning from the end. He knows how to get us from the Alpha to the Omega of our lives. He knows how to get us from being born to to dying well and dying, giving glory to him, however that may be. Even no matter how we we pass on and pass away, if we live a life that is declaring his goodness and our love for him in our lives, if that's how we, we, we live and that's how we die, we've lived with a good goal and we've lived with a master in control of our lives. But we've also lived knowing that he's got from the A to the Z, it's all taken care of. He knows everything that needs to happen. And then it says here, It says, to the thirsty I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. The one who conquers will have this heritage. Wow, what a promise. And I will be his God and he will be my son. See, he loves you and I. He wants to be in control. He's a loving heavenly father. Let him be master. If you haven't really surrendered absolutely everything, do it now. Let's do it. Let's do it at the end. As I finish, I'm going to pray. And let's, let's surrender everything to him. Why wouldn't we want to do that? It's the best life to live. It gives you purpose. Man, when I'm in my 80s and 90s, if I make it past 100, which is possibly likely, a lot of my elderly aunties and uncles, they, they lived into the ripe old ages of the late 90s and early 100s. I want to live with purpose. I want to live serving other people. I want to live with a goal that is giving glory to God no matter how old I am. All right. And the third thing, let's look at the third thing. He says, and get on with living. So he says, first one, have a goal. Second one, have a master in control of your life. And then, come on, guys, get on with living. I love that. Almost an exhortation to just live to make life better for others. Just live life to the full. And this was his idea of living life to the full, which was living life for others because, you know, it wasn't in accumulating wealth, like I mentioned before, or worldly stature or gaining great knowledge for himself. No, it was rather to make this world, and I'm quoting here, to make this world a better place to help others to experience life. And in doing that, the years just simply fly past. This is spoken from a man 105 years old absolutely powerful in other words just get on with living enjoy your life don't take yourself too seriously live for others and this is a scripture that springs to mind for me and i'll finish with this okay jeremiah 29 4-7 thus says the lord of hosts the god of israel to all the exiles whom i have sent into exile from jerusalem to babylon build houses and live in them plant gardens and eat their produce Take wives and have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage, that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there and do not decrease, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its welfare you will find your welfare. Wow. In other words, what's God saying here? He's saying, just go and tell them. You know, even though they're all they're, they're exiles, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So in other words, God knew exactly where they were. He knew the, the he is the Alpha, the Omega. He knew the beginning of their life to the end. He knew fully well that they were in exile. And then he said, while you're there, just live life. 
you know, get married, raise sons and daughters, build your homes, plant your gardens, eat their produce, enjoy life, enjoy the abundance that the earth has to give you, enjoy the, the, the friendship and the relationships of the people around you that I give you. That's basically what he's saying. And just live it to the full, you know, have weddings and give your kids away in marriage and let them have more sons and daughters and, and, and just live life, get on with living life. But then he says at the end, because remember, God always brings us back to how we can end up giving out to others. It's amazing how he positions us to be a blessing to other people. You and I were never meant to just live in an island on our own consuming things just for ourselves, being self-focused, being self-centered, living to our dying days, accumulating things, but never really having the joy of just living for other people. He didn't create you and I to be like that. So he even here, he said, yeah, you're in exile. Yes, I know you are. I put you there. But you know what? Live life to the full. Enjoy life. You know, be, be blessed in, in this area of life that I've given you to have families and ha- build homes and enjoy the, 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 the land that I've given you. But at the very end, he says, but seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile. In other words, put your eyes on the other people around you. Put your eyes on them. Let me help you position you to be able to keep your eyes on other people. He says, pray to the Lord on its behalf, on the city's behalf. Pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. In other words, as you look to the city, as you look to the... And what is a city? A city without people is not a city. So in other words, look to the people who are inhabiting this place that you've been placed and while you pray to the Lord on its behalf of what it represents, all, all this humanity living in this city, all these people that you might not be best mates with, you may not even know their names, but I want you to bring them before me. And I want you to pray for their blessing. And I want you to, because, you know, you and I, when we start to pray for other people, we take on God's heart. And so God knows how to position his his people well. On the one hand, he gives them blessing. And on the other hand, he teaches them and shows them how to walk in good works prepared beforehand. And I can tell you now, walking in good works always involves other people. Always. Always involves. Not even just the people we love and know. It always involves humanity. And this is what God was saying in this. He said, I want you to pray to the Lord on its behalf because as you pray, you'll get my heart for this city. You'll get my heart for these people. You'll love them and care for them even more. You'll take care of your own little communities to make sure you're being a blessing in the broader community. You'll live your life well. You'll you'll walk in you know, good works that have been prepared beforehand. You'll be a shining example. You won't grow weary and well-doing like I mentioned a while back, but you will be people who will shine. You will shine with my glory and you will shine with the goodness of God. And as you pray, I'm, I'm completely adding to the scriptures, but basically this is what happens when God gets us to pray for a city. I'm telling you now, this is what happens in our hearts and this is why God does it. And then he goes on to say, and as you pray on its behalf for its welfare, then its welfare, in other words, the blessing that I will pour out upon that city because you, as the people of God, have prayed to me on their behalf, that blessing will also come on you. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's how much God loves 
not just us, his people, but he loves all humanity. He positioned his people into a difficult position. They were in exile. But even in exile, he blessed them and said, go ahead, live your life, just live it well. But even like the, the, the third key of this beautiful old gentleman, he said, make this world a better place to help others to experience life. And in doing that, the years just simply fly past. I think he tapped into the secret of long life, but also a happy life. Living for God, living for the purpose of God, living with him, being in charge of your life and of my life, and then living on behalf of other people and getting our eyes off of ourselves. I think that's what God will want for us this Christmas. So guys, we're going to have an amazing time. Look for people around you to give out to and to be a blessing and start praying for them. So why don't we just pray right now? We're going to end in prayer. And if you've never really asked Jesus to be complete master of your life, well, now's as good a time as any. So let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bring every single person who's listening to this before you. Father, you know the condition of their hearts and you know the fears, the anxieties, the, the, the questions that they have. Some uh, have big questions. Some have small questions. It doesn't really matter. You know every single one of them and you know how to answer them. Father, if there's anyone uh, listening to me right now that has never really made you master of their heart, never really allowed you to be in control of their life, then I ask, Father, by your grace, by your kindness, that you would lead them to repentance, that they would repent of the old life of living for themselves and by themselves. And, Father, you would grant them the gift of repentance to be able to enable you to live and take control of their hearts, take control of every aspect of their, of their lives. Come and live within them even now, Heavenly Father, by the power of your Son, and by the power of the Holy Spirit who enables that. Come and live within these people and live within me, Father, by the power of your Spirit. Let Jesus be glorified in our hearts, Lord. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that you're going to give us all good lives. We don't know how long we will live for, Father. None of us know that. You know the numbers of our days. We don't need to know that, Father, but we can know and we can be assured that you will bless us with the joy of walking in your purposes and walking out good works that have been prepared beforehand for us to walk in them, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We are your workmanship creator in you. And we love you and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for this Christmas. I pray Christmas Day would be the most incredible day. Bless everyone, Father. Let them be a shining light wherever they go and bring the love of God to everyone they meet. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have an awesome Christmas. I love you guys.